Hey, this is Brian. Welcome to the aggressive life. What we're about here is giving you some gentle prodding, giving you some fuel that's going to help you see a new path you might be able to take in life. And I find that I learn from people who are very, very different from me. It's actually quite aggressive to get to know somebody's story who's a bit different than you. We learn things in that. It's it's called cross-training. One of the ways that the civilization of the world went forward was during the Renaissance when the Medici family in Florence, Italy, financed and brought in a bunch of different disciplines to live in close proximity with one another. They brought artists and clergy and scientists and people in the trades, and they they kind of crossbred their ideas with one another, and it led to the Renaissance. It's a huge, huge thing. And we want to kind of do that here at The Aggressive Life. I want to have all kinds of different people on, and we've done that. We've had counselors, sex therapists. We've had entrepreneurs. We've had big business people. We've had rodeo cowboys on. We've, I mean, it, it, goes, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And today we're going to cross train with somebody who's in a profession that very few of us are ever going to be in. And, and actually, a lot of us might not be interested in the profession a lot at all, meaning we might not ever watch it. That profession is MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. I've got an interesting past with MMA. A number of years ago, I saw my first MMA fight. Didn't actually go, but I saw it on a big screen in a bar that I was sitting in, and, and I thought it was really interesting what was happening with these, with these guys kind of prancing around with small gloves. And then they started going on it, and I remember a guy was on all fours, and somebody was giving him uppercuts while he's on all fours, which with my boxing background, that just was like utterly brutal. Like someone's down, they're down. That's not the way it is in MMA, right? If you're down, that's a whole new level of the fight. And so I just I just turned off MMA. I just never been interested in it at all, like at all. And then we had a guest on, man, was it, how long is it now? Two years? Time flies. Michael Chandler, who recently had his debut in the UFC, the premier MMA league in the land. And he really helped me see things I, I hadn't seen before. And I'm still not a big MMA guy. I, I don't remember the last, I don't know if I've ever seen a whole MMA fight from start to start to finish. I don't follow the close sport real closely, but boy, do I have a massive, massive amount of respect for those who do MMA. And man, have I learned a lot about my own life as a pastor from talking to people who are into MMA. There's a discipline there that I'd like to have to greater degrees in my life. There's an aggressiveness that you've got to have when you're in the octagon or the ring that uh, even pastors like me need to have. There is an intentionality. There is a element of training, of putting yourself through painful situations right now so that you'll perform well when you're in the ring. When I prepare to preach, it oftentimes is a painful thing, but I'm going to be on a stage or in a video trying to help people, and I've got to put myself in those painful discussions. So a lot of things that I learn from people who are doing things that I don't do, and I want to do that with you on The Aggressive Life, and that means that today we're going to do it again. 
Deep in the rainforest of Myanmar, a deadly creature dwells. Average ones grow up to 16 feet long, and they weigh 165 pounds. They, they slither through the ground looking for mammals and birds, and when they find one, they capture it with their fangs, then begin to slowly wrap their body around it, squeezing it to death. I know some of you right now are really bothered because I'm talking about a snake and you don't like snakes at all. Even the description just oogies you out. Well, that's the Burmese python, and it might just be the the perfect nickname for our guest today. Ong Lan Sang was born in Myanmar before moving to the United States in 2004, making his MMA debut in 2005. He's won multiple world championships. He's even held two championship belts at the same time, and he successfully defended them for two and a half years. He's nicknamed the Burmese Python. He's known for splitting his MMA victories between knockouts and submission. He's the first Myanmar native to become a world champion in any sport, and it's made him an icon in his homeland. He's still fighting. He's still using his platform to bless the people of his home country. And today, we're going to talk through the ups and downs of MMA and what it takes to throw a knockout punch. It's time to get into the ring. Welcome to the Aggressive Life, Ong Lan Sang. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. I'm very blessed to be able to use my platform and, you know, uh, Spread the word on Myanmar. Myanmar, everybody knows Burmese Python, but they don't really know where Myanmar is. Well, so, so tell us, where is it? It's right next to Thailand and India. It's right in between, smack in between Thailand and India and south of China. Uh, it's not a small country. It's a pretty good sized country. The size of, I would say, if you compare it, it would be like the size of uh, Texas. You know, so it's, it's a good sized country. And how did you get into MMA? Well, I came to the United States in 2003, started training in 2004, um, and I just fell in love with it. You know, I fell in love with the training aspect and the competing aspect. And uh, when I first started competing in 2005, it was still in a very early stage. Mixed martial arts was still in an early stage. And so I got I got in at the right time, you know. And, and before, before that, were you getting into a lot of scraps in your home country or what was that like? Like back home, you know, when we, when when we get into uh, fights, it's a it's a fist fight. We punch, we throw punches, kicks. You know, um, it, it's in us to punch, kick, and knee and elbow. Uh, so, like when I was a kid, I love training. You know, martial arts. I love you know the martial arts movies. I did karate when I was a kid, but not really like, not not really mixed martial arts yet, because mixed martial arts wasn't around yet. You know, back in the days. But then I, I've always loved martial arts. I've, you know, when I was a kid, my brothers and I, we would buy boxing gloves and we'd box each other just for the, for the fun of it, you know. So I have uh, I have two older brothers and uh, two sisters as well. So we, we, we are in a big family with uh, cousins, you know, living near uh, near or uh, with us. So we always got into scraps with each other. So we, we were the same way growing up. We had 16 ounce Everlast boxing gloves and we we would go in the 
in the in the garage and just beat on each other. And I, I don't even know if you can buy boxing gloves anymore. They probably have boxing glove control on them. And you probably can't even buy them because now we only want to buy people little kids' helmets. We would never buy them boxing gloves to actually punch one another. Then that, that would never happen. So it's actually refreshing to talk with someone who's done that. Actually, I think that uh, I think it's probably part of why our culture is so, our American culture is so antagonistic to one another and so petty and so just mean on social media because you don't, you aren't risking actually getting punched in the face. You know, when you can get punched in the face, you end up not being as much of a jerk. It changes things. It does change There's things. There's so many keyboard warriors nowadays, you know, they can talk all that behind the behind the keyboards, but then they would never really say it to your face, you know, so. Before it would really anger me is when someone was in a car and, and they would whip me the finger. I'd be like, oh my gosh, talk about such a weenie move. How tough you are to whip me the finger while you're going 65 miles an hour or 35 miles an hour while I'm standing. It, the, the level of our cowardice really, really bothers me. Actually, and I'm not a, I'm not a pro, hyper pro MMA guy. Let's, let's talk about that for a moment. I, I, am, I have turned pro MMA just probably in the last two years. And the reason was a great discussion we had with, I know, a mutual friend of ours, Michael Chandler, who was on The Aggressive Life um, way back when. His career is really, really going well. And Michael just kind of walked me through the actual sport element of why he was drawn to MMA. T- talk to us for you about the sport. Why, why is MMA an actual sport for you versus just some violent action that some people might think it is? Well, the training that goes into it, the discipline that goes into it, and the technical aspect of it makes it a sport, you know? Like, like it's it's hard. Like, it's hard to explain because when I first watched MMA, and in, in my head, I said, man, that's very violent, you know? But there, there is a, there's so much technique to it. There's so much technical aspect to it. And then being able to get in the ring, there's so much discipline into it. There's, you know, like I work with a, a nutritionist, I work with a sports psychologist, and I work with, you know, my trainers. There's a lot of training behind it. There's a lot of technique behind it. So um, in that sense, you know, it's a sport. And uh, like the thing that makes our sport very interesting is a split second decision can, you know, can can win you the fight or lose you the fight, you know? Yeah, Michael mentioned that, that, that the person he's going against in the ring isn't an enemy of somebody he wants to do violence to. It is a it is a job and a representation of an art form and hoping that his training and his strategy actually works. And and that's the thing. It's not it's not wishing ill on the other person, even though uh, even though you might talk trash to try to drive sales. It's actually the 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 the, the sport of it. And that's the way it is for you? Yeah, Michael, I like I, I don't usually talk, you know, trash and I, I know Michael doesn't either. You know, he's very like a, he, he's a gentleman. Uh, you, you don't need to because at the end of the day, you are going to end up in the cage or the ring with, with the with the person. Um, we don't fight out of hate. We don't fight out of anger. You know, we fight out of you know technique, strategy, and we make sure you know our, our training is on point. Uh, if you're angry and if you're like uh, uh, if you have so much emotion, it actually makes you perform. Uh, uh, like in, uh, worse, it, it makes you perform worse in, in, in the cage. Yeah, when you're trying to 
conserve your calories and monitor your heart rate. You can't, you can't afford to be going into a fight being at a 150 beats per second, pumping yourself up an hour before the fight. You're just going to drain yourself of energy. It's actually pretty calculated. Yeah, it's called like an adrenaline dump, right? Like uh, everywhere I heard of the term adrenaline dump. When you have so much anger, hatred in you, like it's going to it's gonna come back down and then you're going you're gonna to be in that, you know, dump. Uh, so we have to be very calculated and we have to make sure we're, we control our breathing and psychologically we are able to perform, you know, so. Burmese Python, how did you get that name? Because we're not supposed to have cool nicknames, but you have a very cool nickname. Is it, is it, is it true to how you fight? How'd that come about? Well, like I was more of a grappler when I first started, you know, competing. Uh, but I, like uh, the, the nickname came because the promoters in the Midwest, because I started competing in the Midwest when I went to school in college. Um, and and I would tell them I'm from the country Myanmar and they wouldn't know where it was. Most people don't know where Myanmar is because, you know, because of Myanmar's history and stuff. Um, but they, everybody knows the Burmese python, you know, like in Florida, it's a nuisance here. The Burmese python is a nuisance here. And, and the promoter knew what a Burmese python was. So I was like, you know, you know where Burmese pythons are? They're from the country Myanmar. And he was like, really? So that's going to be your nickname. So they gave you <laughs> as a nickname. Hey, taking a quick break here to let you know that my latest book, Move, has been picked up by a traditional publisher and is getting a nationwide release on May 11th. We've added 22% new content to this devotional. So even if you own the original, there's new stuff in there. We've got a week's worth of special podcast content planned to celebrate the release. And I'm excited about this book, this content, because these are the things that guys wrestle with and need to hear from. So you can pre-order your copy on Amazon now, and you'll be ready for it on May 11th. So back to the show. You won Fighter of the Year in 2018 at the World MMA Awards. How do you get that kind of award? Uh, I think I was the international fighter, not the not the fighter, but the international fighter of, of the year. That's got to be a huge milestone for you to be able to notch in your belt. For sure. You know, being listed with all the great fighters around the world and actually winning it is amazing. And I just want to, you know, I'm very thankful for this, for, for this, this honor. And it, it, it motivates me more, you know, cause I'm, I'm from a small town in, in Gachin state, you know, in, in Myanmar. So it, it's, it's a big, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big motivation for me. And to get an honor like that, it, it, it drives me to be better, to be a better person, to be a better mixed martial artist. How old are you right now? I'm 35 right now. So 35. And what's the shelf life of, uh, of an MMA fighter for you, how, how much how much more time do you have in the octagon? Do you think? I would say a couple of years, a couple of years, and then what? And then and then go into coaching, go into you know, g- become a beekeeper, become a farmer, you know, something that I'm passionate about. I want to go pursue something else that I'm passionate about. You know, people people get so like tied up, you know, in, into their career that they can't look past it. But for me, it's like. This is life, you know. You get to pursue what you want. You get to pursue what you want. You get to go after what you love, you know. That, that's the main thing in life. Yeah, you've got an agricultural uh, degree from Michigan. And uh, 
you, 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 you like digging in the dirt and you like bees and you like punching people in the face. That, that, that's quite a, that's quite a trifecta there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, when, when I first started, I worked with, uh, I worked with, uh, dairy cows. So making milk, you know, and then I, uh, worked with beekeeping. So it's honey, you know, the land of milk and honey, right? <laughs> America is a land of milk and honey, you know, and getting the opportunity to do what I love, what I'm passionate about, uh, like I feel very blessed to be able to do what I love every day. That is that that is awesome. Well, you mentioned the term blessed. A lot of people would say lucky. Why do you like the term blessed? Uh, because I know that you know my my path was not easy. Uh, it, it's been a long road. You know, I've I've, I've dedicated like 16 years of my life into this sport, you know, uh, it's, and it, it hasn't been a, it hasn't been a smooth road. It's been bumpy, bumpy, but if you keep grinding and you keep working hard, you're going to be blessed. You know, it, it, I think, I think luck plays a, a small factor, but you still have to put in the work, you know, no matter how lucky you are, you still have to put in the work. Some people are lucky because they have really good genetics you know, some people are lucky because they're born a little bit richer than others are, but you still have to work, you know, work hard. To, um, and then working hard, uh, God's going to bless you. Yeah, there's there's an understanding of randomness when we're lucky, as if I just woke up and everything was, was well. But whenever I hear someone say blessed, it's it's a cue that there's something deeper to them. There's 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 an awareness of God. Uh, and the blessing of God versus, well, I just randomly had things go well for me. Um, I love that. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the mindset of people that think that you're lucky is, is a very detrimental mindset to your success. You know, when, when you, when you, when you think about luck, luck is very random. When you think about bless, you you reap what you sow. You know you have to really sow. You have to really work hard to get the benefit of being blessed. You know. Yeah. When I look at you, I'm not looking at a guy that is violent by nature. Uh, the aggressive life isn't about hey, let's go out and beat people up. Let's go out and strong arm and have our way with people. Let's just go out and do do crazy silly things. That's not what the aggressive life is. It's, it's being very calculated and making moves that are not passive in nature, making moves that mean I need to put myself in a position where a blessing could come instead of sitting around and waiting for myself to get lucky. Yeah. And I could tell looking at you, it's, it's not, you know, violence is not the thing for you. It's, it's, it's a way of life that you're trying to be in tune with. Yeah. So in 2000, it's 2017. I won my, you know, middleweight title, world title. After, uh, I would say, 13 years of training, I, I won the world title. You know, I won the world title, but it was very close. It was a close, close decision. It, it wasn't. It wasn't very one-sided. It was very close decision. And the reason why it was close was because I would keep getting taken down. You know, I, I would get taken down. Uh, in the fight, you know, I heard him, you know, almost knocked him out, but it was very close. So my decision after that was I need to go somewhere that have better, that will help with my wrestling, you know, and that's why I moved down to Florida. You know, that was three years ago. 
it wasn't it was it, it was uh it, it was something that i i knew in my heart and i knew in my head that if i don't get better i'm gonna lose this belt you know and and three years ago i came to florida in 2018 the on new year's day I came to Florida and I started training at uh, Hard Knocks 365 or Sanford right now. And that's where I met guys like Michael Chandler. In our team, you'll see everybody's working hard. There's no drama. All grown men working hard to reach their potential. You know? And, and, and when I got in that environment, I was like, man, this is where I need to be. This is where I can take my career further and I can take care of my family. And that's why I moved down here to Florida. That's really the aggressive move right there it isn't it isn't the fighting it is the aggressive move of i I need to change my environment i need to i need to get around the right people very very few of our listeners are going to do mma and should do mma i i I never have but you're this is this is beyond what you're talking about here what you're, you're making changes to your life not waiting for your life to happen but looking at it uh i just meet people who are not willing to do an honest assessment of their weaknesses, the honest assessment of what could happen in their life if they got the right people around them, if they made a change in scenery. Because um, those things are always uncomfortable, but but you've done that really well. Yeah, I didn't have family here. I didn't have anybody here, you know. And, and my wife's family were up in uh, Maryland. And I, I still made that choice. You know, three years ago, I made that choice. And the things that, the choices that you make, like... Uh, the choices that you make right now is going to affect your life in three or five years. And the choices that you made three years ago is going to affect your life right now, you know? And, and that's, that's, you know, that's an important fact. Yeah. I think it's that lag time that's difficult for us. If we knew if, if I made this change right now, I would feel the benefits right now, then we'd be making a lot more changes, but you're right. The, the, the biggest, changes or blessings that are to come to us, they're, they're going to have the largest lag time. Yep. hundred percent. Even just, I want to earn more money. So I probably need to get a college degree for a lot of us. Okay. Well, guess what? That's going to take you, that's going to take you four years to get that degree. And that's going to take a few more other years until you actually get to the company and the role that's actually going to work for you. There, there, there's always a lag time. And so few of us can practice delayed gratification. And, uh, and I think that those who are athletes, really get that right because you're you're training and you're not you might see a little bit of a pump from doing your training right there in your muscles it might give you some instant gratification but the training you do it 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 never makes you feel better immediately right actually feel you feel worse immediately it it, but it's a way you got to do that or else you have no chance at a goal or something better yeah I, i feel like crap right now i feel like crap like my whole body sore, my toe hurts, my hand hurts, everything hurts. I'm telling you right, right now, everything hurts. I feel very broken down and beat down. But I know that on April 28th, I'm going to feel good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> on April 28th, when I compete, you know, I'm going to be in shape and I'm going to be in my prime, you know. Um, we're pretty banged up. You know, I just got done sparring, you know, sparring, we're, we're, we're full on kicking, punching each other. Um but we still have to, you know, show up for training two times a day, you know, six days a week. So it's it's not easy, you know, it's not easy. Uh, people just see the glamour of, people just see the glamour of winning the fight and all that. But 
the the things that come uh, come with it is a lot, you know. Um, just like people see when you go to grocery store, you see like a you you see a jug of milk, right? You see a jug of milk and you just drink it. But if you think about it, there's a lot of work that went into that, the feeding, the shoveling of the poop. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot that went into it, you know. And we should be thankful for those things that we have, you know. We take it for granted. Yeah, that's great. Great word. Ang La, I'm ready for the lightning round for you. Are you are you ready for the lightning round? The lightning round is when I say something and you give me a very quick rapid fire answer. Can you do it? Are you up for the challenge? Sure, why not? Let's go. Michael Chandler recently had his he, he recently had his UFC debut and did did very 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 well. Uh, your friends, but you and Michael have a bout. Who wins? I'll sit on him. I'm too big. <laughs> I, I hope I hope I have enough skills to beat a guy that's fifty pounds less than me. Michael is an amazing athlete. You know he's an you know, amazing fighter. But I do have fifty pounds on him <laughs> and about ha- half a foot reach. So. Well, and you watch his, you're right, you watch his uh, Instagram videos and all the dude does is work out with medicine balls all day. I mean, you go like, okay, I get it. You run up and down to AstroTurf and throw medicine balls around. I get it. He does backflips too after he throws those. Right. All right. What, the, the secret to a knockout punch? Um, seeing it, you know, seeing it and then um, like people think it's all that power that you put in, you know. But it's it's not it's not it's not always the power because sometimes you can throw as hard as you want, and they still don't go down. And then suddenly you throw that perfect shot, perfect shot, perfect placement. That's when the knockout happens, and they're on the ground. You know. Best thing to do in a real fight. Keep your hands up. <laughs> Keep your hands up. Throw knees. Throw elbows. Uh, throw throw the points of your body part that's hard. People think they're going to punch somebody. Remember, somebody's head is hard. People's head are hard. So it's better to knee or elbow them. I spoke with a – I'm sorry. This is the this is the lightning round, and I always have follow-up comments. So sorry, I'm breaking the rules of lightning round. But I, I remember speaking with a guy who was a, um, a fighter and a bodyguard and a bouncer. He just was like – and actually, he was a uh, also a um, – enforcer for the underworld at one point or maybe it wasn't a enforcer he was a uh oh he collected debts for for a bookie just kind of one of those guys big big huge guys and and he said yeah here, here he said the, the problem is the thing is everyone thinks you're going to get a punch but you get that punch and you're likely going to have a broken hand from that punch and he said so what you really want to do is you i need to his eye what i, I have to do i have to get close enough to give him an elbow. But then the problem is if I get so close to give him an elbow, I'm close for them to give me a punch. So it's just like, okay, am I going to am I going to get the first shot and a broken hand or am I going to am I going to give him an elbow and I can keep going on? I'd like, huh, things I never considered before. Yep. It really depends on uh, depends on who you are, you know, how you're built. Um, some people just have hard heads, man. And so you got to make sure you knee them or you elbow them in the head. Yeah. Most important self-defense move everyone should know. Well, for me, I think making sure your footing is good, you know, making sure you have a good, strong base. Um, just being able to throw uh, 
a one-two is very important in my opinion. Even at at the highest level, I don't think they throw a good one-two. One-two meaning the left right. Yeah. So what's the what do people do wrong in not having a good one-two? They drop their hands when they punch, or they can't generate enough power because they don't use the right you know the, the right uh, footwork, and they don't use the right correct body mechanics to it. So yeah, it's not throw a punch as in my arm is going you're right it's the pivot it's the turning on the balls your feet all that stuff yeah body mechanics of the shoulder so biggest lesson you want to pass on to your kids be brave be brave when you pursue your passion just be be brave and nothing's gonna come easy you know nothing in life good nothing in life that's good is gonna come easy best piece of advice you've ever gotten Hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. Oh, I should get that on my wall. That's awesome. Hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. Did you did you just invent that, or did you read that on somebody else's no, wall? No, it's it's a, it's 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 a saying that you know. Uh, it, it's a saying that's been around. That's amazing. Yeah. Ong La, is there any, anything you want to talk about? Anything else you want to say to the Aggressive Life listeners? You know, there's a lot going on in my country of Myanmar right now. Um, you know, we don't know how blessed we are living in America until you hear news of the, uh, the, the you know, like I, I know because I, I, I grew up in Myanmar, but, but, the, but, the, but, but the freedom that we have in America Freedom of speech, you know, freedom, you know, uh, freedom to vote, you know, all, all that things. Be thankful for it, and and uh, be and show some gratitude, and 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 in our lives, you know, uh, be thankful for what we have, and 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 do what's right, you know. And if we do what's right, and if there's unity in the United States, uh, like. As Americans, we are a role model to a lot of people around the world. You may not know that right now. You may not know that, but a lot of people around the world look at America as a role model country. So understand that and, you know, be, be grateful that you live in a, such a great country and help out others that you can. You know, because at the end of the day, we're all going to leave this earth, but let's leave it, you know, a better place. That's great. Well said. So is there any way someone could follow up with you? You got any uh, any books or podcasts or websites or anything else that someone would say, hey, I, I want to follow up with this guy or just see what's going on with him. How can they do that? Well, I'm on, uh, I'm on uh, social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. So you can follow me under Ong Latin Sung, my full name. And, and check me out on uh, TNT. It's going to be uh, – my fight's going to be live on primetime uh, TNT on April 28th. Oh, live. Yep, live. Yep. Sweet. And that pronunciation, if you want to follow up, is A-U-N-G-L-A-N-S-A-N-G. Yep, Angla Nsang. Angla, it has been fantastic having you here on The Aggressive Life. Hope to, hope to meet you live someday. Hope to see you fight. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Talk to you soon. Uh, Take care. Uh, all right, brother. Hey, thanks for listening. For more aggressive living, head over to bryantome.com. Get signed up for the mailing list to get regular shots of positive aggression sent straight to your inbox. 
And while you're there, you can also find articles, podcasts, and books. I'm also active on Instagram. Search Brian Tome. Special thanks to the band Judges for the Music. The Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.